You snuck that intro countdown in on me again and made me time for the air intro. in when I saw the three, two, one. I love it. We've got a good episode today. Tough subject, but good. It is about walking through the steps of performance improvement that may lead to a change in the relationship with an associate. So not not the most uplifting, but we hope meaningful and in that first situation of having to change a relationship. I I wish I had this. I wish I would have known. I, I I'm I'm super excited to be able to share this with them. And it's part one of a three part episode. Yes, our first mini series. Let the magic happen. Let the magic begin. You getting no? better? Can you tell? I was holding my breath. <laughs> Are you getting better with I the don't five, know four, three, what two, one? That is. It just makes me hold my breath. I'm like, there we go. Plaster a big grin on. And but I loved what you just said. Make the magic happen. Yep, here we go. We are very excited to bring you a mini series. So this will be episode one of a three-part series. The topic isn't as fun, unfortunately, but it is something that if you haven't dealt with it yet in leadership, which is termination and poor performance of associates, it's highly likely that eventually you will have to deal with it. And it's often true that many individuals, including myself, you just learned through experience, right? There's no real... I actually had to implement something for... One of my team members, I came to it ill-prepared. I was I was not ready with what needed to be in place in order to kind of start partnering with HR. And then I had to learn and go back and kind of even elongate the process because I wasn't quite ready with what needed to happen, documentation, more information, that kind of thing. So no, I, I definitely would have enjoyed a podcast like this that helped me to have the mindset and the tools to really be ready for whatever was coming. And I don't know if you agree with this, but I, I generally think when people enter leadership, they go into it with the mindset that everyone has the integrity and conscientiousness of themselves. And unfortunately, you learn rather quickly that there's generally always one person that is not displaying it to the degree of excellence that you would prefer. And that's your job to get them to where you need them to be so that they're not bringing the team down. And like you said, ill-prepared at first. When I got to the point with this person's performance where I felt like I couldn't continue with this person on my team and I went to HR, I didn't have it documented. I did not have, from from the very beginning of the space that was being created and the this person maybe not moving forward with things or maybe not understanding things, I didn't have it documented in a clear, concise manner. I didn't have a chronology of how things had happened or unfolded. I just kind of went with all this like... I don't know, all of this stress and emotion and angst. And I was just kind of like, I can't take it anymore with this person. You know, and just kind of emptied it all out right there in front of my HR director. And then really got the lessons of, you know, you got to document 
both sides of this, the good with the bad. You got to have a plan to maybe help this person improve. I mean, there was just so much learning in that very brief conversation and I was, I was not ready. So I would say my, my personal biggest aha was documentation having that chronology where you are absolutely showing over time, maybe how either the trust eroded or the performance just deteriorated to a point that's that's not acceptable and is now either affecting the client, the participant, or the team as a whole. And I, I didn't have that. Totally agree. Mine was the exact same. Actually, when the first person that said chronology to me, I was like, Ooh, what is that? I want to just elaborate yes. just a touch. I mean, <laughs> feeling like I could take a guess, but feeling also like I don't have that. <laughs> so, And really, uh, anyone listening, get yourself an electronic OneNote. If, even if you have to just use Microsoft Word and a file on your computer, save it all, keep it all dates and times of all of the interactions, every intervention that you've done, how you've done it, the the communication modality that you chose to do it in. Was it an email, a one-to-one group? I am also not good at documenting the good stuff, right? I, in the moment, will say, oh, that was fantastic. Great job. Gosh, I should think about how could I get this person a little bonus or some extra time off. And will react, reinforce, but not write it down. So when I'm coming to the end of the year and I'm looking at performance assessments and wanting to really highlight things, I don't always have everything captured. So I think that OneNote piece that you just talked about or your own leadership secret file, whatever it may be, you know, catch the good with the bad and the ugly, like just put it all in there so that you have a a record and you can develop whichever way you need to go for promotion or maybe for changing the relationship. So is it defensible is a phrase that you'll hear a lot, both to your point um, for the good and the bad. So, hi, I'd really like to provide this individual with a bonus for X, Y, and Z. Okay. Is that defensible? Why no one else got it? Are, is there some level of favoritism happening? You know, can you really prove that the, these actions were above and beyond what's on the job description? Definitely, if you're going to go termination or any type of performance improvement plan, that is one thing that our very special guest on episode three is constantly telling us and asking us, is it defensible? In a court of law, if your organization was called to the table, that's what they're looking for. So just another way to think about it and certainly not on the top of mind for leaders because you're not in human resources or people services or whatever your organization chooses to call it. So underestimating the power of the documentation is one pitfall that we have both certainly fallen into and we are hoping to help anyone who's in a position so that they do not fall into that. I think we have a little bit of a plan. We always want to leave our community with a plan so that they can really understand and maybe just give them some, we're just giving you some ideas. We would, of course, encourage you to speak with your leader and your organization. They probably have processes in place. Recording it, it's like having that paper trail, right? That you, this trail of information and documentation that leads you to a decision one way or the other as to whether or not it's your decision is defensible. You have the evidence really to say that this decision was made of sound mind. So we want you to remember that as our acronym, it's PAPER, right? P-A-P-E-R, the paper trail that leads you to this decision. Now, the decision could go either way, 
right? This this could be a conversation that you've been having with someone and you've been coaching them and you've been giving them opportunities to change their behavior. And maybe you're seeing some of that behavior change. And so therefore you can carry on with this relationship. On the other side, you've been having these conversations with them. You've been appraising them of what needs to happen and how things are going. So, you know, to, to a point that you made to me, Miller, earlier, this should not be a surprise, right? Nothing should be a surprise. We should be having these conversations. But the paper acronym, I'm going to get in it right now. I'm sorry. I went, I, I slid down a little uh, hole, a little rabbit hole. Can I add one thing, please? We want to also make sure that um, we know some of our community and audience are clinical professionals and try to think about this as well if you're mentoring a student. If you have a family that you're working with that you're struggling with to for attendance, that's one option. So this can be applied to many different facets. I know we have some teachers in our community that you may be thinking of um, students in a certain way. So when we're when we're just talking about is it defensible and have you written it down, it's not just if you want to fire somebody or or something drastic. It's really if you're having any level of concern or issue with somebody of which you are the mentor, leader, or coach. I am so our clinical decision-making, right? When When we're working with participants, when we're working with individuals, we're always wanting to be sure that our decision to move forward with an intervention is defensible, defensible to the parent, defensible on the stand, whatever it may be, right? So I love that you said that. That was awesome. Thank you. (laughs) I'm jumping into the paper, the paper trail. So the first P, partner. You want to partner not only with the associate, right? Having this conversation about what the behavior looks like that we want to change, you know, really talking about um, the fact that they may need some extra help. We want to partner also with our HR team, with our human resources people or your people services, whatever they go by. We, we want to partner with them and bring them in at the right time so that they can support the process in either creating maybe a coachable moment and seeing how this person might change their behavior or if we are headed or have to make that eventual decision to change the relationship that our HR person is really walking that path with us because that really, you know, they get involved. They have to be involved. So that's the first P. The first P is partner. What you got to add to that one, Dr. Miller? The other thing many people, including myself, didn't consider for a long time is that your human resources department or your principal or superintendent or whatever the situation is really may tell you that the offense is too egregious and you can't follow the typical path and you need to take more of a really concerted effort or action to do something that may feel uncomfortable, whether that's a termination, expelled, out of the treatment plan process. Um, So just keep that in mind that Generally speaking, if you're entering this process, you want to be helping the individual and you want to see them through progress on the other side. But occasionally what has occurred would put the organization, hospital, rehab setting, school at such a risk that they would recommend something different. So you want to use them as a sounding board too, 
right? So it's it's not just that we want to bring them into our way of thinking and kind of show, you know, here's the situation with this individual or what's going on, but we really do want to use those individuals as a sounding board with their expertise and their knowledge that they bring to the table to, again, design what's going to happen next. And if that is that it's something that I love the word egregious. Oh, such a good word. If it's so, if it is so egregious and it has affected people in the way that you said it, Dr. Miller, I love, then it may need to be something that moves more quickly, right? So I love that. So that's the P. The first P is partner. The A, alignment. Love it. So we're going to partner and then we're going to really look at the alignment by outlining the expectations. You, you have to be sure that everything is, is super clear as to what the expectation of the individual who may not be performing up to, to speed, what's the expectation of them? What's the behavior change we wanna see? What should they be doing? Really outlining again, the expectation, making sure everyone's in alignment with that expectation and um, really to see if we can even timeline some of this idea of coaching and getting the person to a place where they are meeting the expectation and they are in alignment with that expectation. So first P partner, second, the A is alignment. Dr. Miller, thoughts on alignment? If your human resources department does not ask you this question, our advice is to be sure and consider your expectations need to be consistent for everyone else in the same position that has signed the same job description. So because we are very fortunate to have a strong HR director, we've been she's given us so much tutelage on this that has been really helpful but i know a lot of individuals they don't have that and so unfortunately what could happen is if you if you are called to the the stand it's not going to be defensible if you have expectations that are not in alignment to other individuals with the same job description so that's going to put you at risk so you want to make sure first and foremost you're consistent and you've been that consistent is so valuable what you just said when you had to partner from a, a very and when you're human talking to the associate place when someone's performance isn't what we are hoping it to be when they're not matching our expectation we become hyper focused on that person right and we become hyper focused on what they're not doing versus what they are doing and it can very inadvertently kind of shift your expectations to be more for that person than for anyone else you want to take the next p sure um performance improvement take data take data <laughs> create create small objectives that are measurable that can really show the changes in their performance and can allow themselves to hold themselves accountable. Not the best sentence. Let's try that again. That can allow for personal accountability. Let's say it like that. So the thing with this process is it's a lot of extra work on the leader because the amount of feedback that you're having to give to the associate in question is exhausting if you're doing it correctly. And often to 
gather the data on what they're doing, many leaders will shy away from this process because it's extra work. So our advice is really try to create some scenarios where they need to send you an email on Friday afternoon and share what they've done. And that's another check on the box as far as what's been documented. Have they been able to meet that commitment? Is that email giving you what you need as the leader to show you the improvements and the changes they've made that week? I would not encourage any leader to go into this process and just take full ownership of collecting the data because that's that's not provide that's not going to get you where you want to be anyway. We always say the support should be high and so should the accountability. Really, they should be thinking as you were talking about. So, what what would you like to add to that one, Doctor Johnston? That message of I'm going to be, we're, we're going to be walking this journey together, right? Where you and I are going to be in constant contact with one another as we're working through this plan to increase performance. So that, that was my thought. That's kind of what you saw wash over my face. But in, in that moment that you were talking about the accountability and, and really how do we look at building little pieces of data collection where the person is taking data on their own performance and then reporting back to you. I think that's brilliant because that really gives you ownership. It gives the individual ownership of that change in behavior and whether or not they do it, right? And I think this is where we share here at the project. Something that we say (laughs) is we will not work harder at your job than you do. So it's your job. I'm, I'm here to help yep. and support. Yep. But at the end of the day, I it's not my job. I don't get two paychecks. I get I one that. paycheck. I, lo- I absolutely job. love that <laughs> so, quote. It's evaluate. So this is when really we're going to talk, um, you know, with with if, if you're in that in a, in a leadership role and maybe you are now um, checking in and making sure that you're the individuals who are supporting your team up and down the the hierarchy are not really making these decisions in a vacuum, right? We we want to evaluate um, by, you know, we've done, we we went through, we did this paper plan, we've, we've got the documentation, we've got some chronology, we've put in place some supports to help this individual make a change. We really want to do the analysis of everything that's been occurring over time and then look at, is this decision to change the relationship, to maybe terminate this individual, is this decision truly defensible? And so you evaluate that you've gone through the other processes and that we've tried for this behavior change and perhaps it just has not happened. So if that's the case, you're not making the decision in a vacuum. Use your sounding boards. Evaluate what you've done so far. Absolutely You sound not. like you work but in like HR. You said, we Do you have work in HR? We have a secret file on <laughs> HR, don't we? We have a secret <laughs> HR file that just feeds us all this information Easter egg, Easter egg. Don't make that decision in a vacuum. And you know what else I think about that, Miller? And tell me what tell me what you think. Even when the sit, it's hard. It's it's hard on everyone. Oh yeah. Oh gosh, yes. It's no fun. The whole process is oh, no yeah. fun. So I mean, I really think some of our next episodes need to be how to make sure you interview well, so you don't have to do this <laughs> to the best of your ability. Yeah. But you you. It, you will, you know, unfortunately that you will. And you, if you're not, you're 
going to be supporting a leader who's doing it, which is another avenue that we did talk about, you know, as we were prepping for this meeting and kind of in our show notes, all caps, do not do this in a vacuum because you want to make sure that you're, you're having conversations with individuals that can see the whole picture, right? They can see the whole Rubik's cube and they can, because I've had both ways. I've had leaders come to me and the it sounds like the problem has been so perpetual. And I'm like, why are you dealing with this? We need to navigate this differently. And I've had other times where it comes to me and I'm like, yeah, you need to be a little bit more patient. I feel like X, Y, and Z would maybe be a good avenue. Definitely. But really, they're the, they're the ones that are with them every day. So that leads to two things. You become a little bit tainted and you become a little bit, it's urgent, right? Because they're impacting the day-to-day. And so- Yes. With our little pocket strategy, I think in coming to this part where we're going to evaluate, it also gives you that opportunity to be sure you're evaluating the decision maybe to, you know, whether or not this individual will, the change in the relationship will happen. But it also, if you're not doing it in a vacuum and you're bringing people in, those people that you're partnering with on this, it gives you the opportunity to be sure you've left no stone unturned right? I, I gave them, I looked at, was this competence? Was this, you know, were they just, did they not know what they were doing? Did they need more training? Were they just, I don't know, just not doing it? Like whatever it may be, you've checked all the boxes on your side as a leader in good faith that you've made plans and you've tried to support the behavior change. So I think that evaluate is kind of both pieces. So P-A-P E, we're to the R for, for revisit, revisit the plan. Um, don't go into the conversation with the subordinate, with your partner, your team person that you are changing the relationship with. Don't go into it wishy-washy. Make sure that you've repeated, you know, the, the P and the E in a way that you feel really confident. You've revisited everything you feel good, you know that really there's there's no other steps that we could take and that we've come to this place. Um, have the full support, the fullest level of support, especially for this step from your HR director or your, your human resources partner that you engaged in step one, right? In, in the first P for partnering, make sure that they're a part of that as well. Thoughts, Dr. Miller? This is again going to be from our fine director who you'll meet in a few weeks. But one of the things that she's armed us with is when you're having one of those last conversations and you've, you've been through the 30 days, you've taken the data, you know the trajectory that you're on, the associates should well know if they're taking part in sending you the data. And she has you know, said that it's safe to say, if this is the trajectory of the current behavior, then your relationship with the organization will change. Or if we stay on this current trajectory, your relationship with the organization will change. Do you understand? It's, 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 it's what it is. You know, it's very direct. Mm -hmm. I think clear is kind. I think that if somebody, because sometimes people just are not a good match for the job, (laughs) right? So if I was hired to work on a construction site, let's say, 
I, they might ask me if you continue with this slow productivity, um, your relationship's going to change. And at that point, I would be like, I'd like to change it, it myself. Is. I'll be seeing myself out. And that's ultimately the goal. If it is, <laughs> if it is a bad match and the change has not occurred throughout this process, we would prefer in my opinion, the individual to use their own autonomy and own agency in their own life and say, you know what? I'm good at so many other things. I'm going to find employment. And really, this process, this process of paper will empower this associate to figure out, to, to make the decision as to whether or not this is where they want to work. We've spoken about this in, in other episodes where we've talked about 90,000 hours of your life on average is spent in your place of employment, right? Working. So you, you want to be in a place where you feel good about what you're doing. And if, if this, if this process is happening and you're not making a behavior change or you're not able to rise to the occasion to for performance reasons, then it's better to go and find another place, another option where your skills and your talents can fit and shine and feel good. That's important. I've had it go both ways. You know, as I'm sure you have too, we've engaged in this process and everybody's kind of been behavior changes and things move on and they stay associates for many years. It's great. That's the goal. That's the main goal. But the secondary goal is, is if it's noticed that it's a simple bad match and the associate is not happy that they would, they would make the change themselves. I mean, nobody wants to get to the final step where you have to have the meaning of termination, um, which we will talk about in our next episode. We're going to take you through the whole process. So that would be our next step is if, that's why we wanted to talk about, we both have, as you said in the, in the opening, we both have had the opportunity to work with an HR director that has just really, really helped us in our growth in this area. And so this comes from some of that experience. It comes from, you know, what we, of course, have learned in our doctoral programs, what we've experienced in our decades oh, yes. of, of working in the industry combined. Um, I just think it it's a, it's a subject we have to talk about. Just like we have to talk about rewarding and reinforcing and motivating, we also have to discuss when things aren't going in the right direction. How can we do an organized set of behaviors that we can execute that will help us have a plan and get us further down the path? So that's why I love this paper model. Partner, alignment, looking for that alignment. So partner with your HR department, partner with your supervisor, alignment, outline that expectation, get alignment with the person and with the expectations of the organization. The second P is for performance improvement. Make sure we've got measurable attributes of their performance. And as Dr. Miller pointed out, really build into the plan how they can um, self-report right? How they can take responsibility for the change because then they'll feel good about it too, right? When they're seeing their behavior change, it feels good to see that behavior change and to be able to say, I'm doing it. So then E is evaluate and R revisit the paper model. I love it. I, I wish I had this back in the day. And just remember, <laughs> if this ever feels good, it's true. you're in the wrong position. 
right? It, <laughs> our HR, <laughs> our HR director told me that because I would really struggle with this in the beginning of my career, and she was like, "Jessica, if this feels good, no, you shouldn't no, be a it's, leader. It's just you know, so, it doesn't feel good so to much tell truth people they're to not that doing what I'm you sorry, want. Just, Why is that funny? There's so much truth to that statement." <laughs> The Brita versus the pool oh, filter, a whole other episode. You gotta love it. See? Then that next or that second up, ep- our second episode that's coming up, part two, will be about the the conversations that we're having both with the individual and then with the team. And then in our third episode, I think we we kind of share with them the secret HR file with all the great strategies and information, don't we? The stories are amazing. The stories are amazing. We're going to open the HR files. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts and please visit our website for resources at theproject-biglove.com. Be sure to like, share, rate, and leave a positive review. And if you don't have anything positive, no worries. You can skip that part. As always, questions and stories to share are welcome at theproject.biglove at gmail.com. Now for our legal disclaimer from Dr. Johnston. Best practice for change management is to be sure all parties are informed. Please be sure you discuss with your leaders or supervisors any ideas from our podcast today that you might like to use in your organization before implementing.